Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Football Ramble preview show sponsored by Bet365. It's derbies galore in the Premier League this weekend and a certain someone has rocked up at Leicester City. Okay. Welcome, everybody. Welcome. Good to have you here, chaps. Jimmy and Lukey. Hello. Good no to be PT. here. No PT. That's not good. We should clarify. Yeah. No, no, no PT. No likey. Is, uh, what's the opposite? No PT. Yes party. Yeah. Uh, so it's not, I mean, I don't think there's ever been a party, and this is a huge credit to Pete Donaldson, and I, and I mean this sincerely, there has mm. never been a party that hasn't been improved mm. with the addition of Pete Donaldson. Absolutely. Yeah, although the trouble with Pete is he can't stay in one place for more than an hour. No. Well, he's generous with his with his life-giving qualities, isn't he? He's a, he's a fun drunk, Pete, which is a rare thing. He's also generous with his um, energy put into running away from his problems. Mm. <laughs> Let's be fair. Which he's, back he's back on yeah, Monday. He's back on Monday. Why is he in Taiwan again? Yeah, he's back on Monday. That's the salient point. He's back on Monday, ladies and gentlemen. But there's much to talk about, though, before Pete uh, returns triumphantly from the Far East. And we go to the Premier League, where there's derbies galore. As I said at the top of the show, Everton versus Liverpool. It's the big one in Merseyside. Both sides were at the races, of course, this week with big wins. And Liverpool gubbed what? Watford 5-0, Jim, which is no mean feat this season. No, although actually Watford have a terrible record against Liverpool, don't they? They do, generally speaking. 6-1 and 2-5-0 the last three Mm. games at Anfield. I know, but Watford Watford have played well. Yeah, I mean, obviously Liverpool, you know, they don't have to just turn up to do that. Obviously, (laughs) they need to be good. And they were, weren't they? They were absolutely fantastic. They needed a performance like that from some of the the chat that's Mm. uh, that's been going on to get a good 5-0. And Sadio Mane found his his, his scoring boots again. scoring head. Yes, indeed. Yeah, that's a good point as well. I mean, according to Opta, actually, he scored his 13th and 14th Premier League goals of the season, the most he's ever netted within a single campaign in the competition, which I was quite surprised by. I'm surprised by that. It seems quite low, I suppose, you know, in, in all competitions, it will be more than that, generally speaking, I would think. But yeah, it's sure. um, you know, Firmino missing is a, is a big thing for me. Origi played well as well, and they, they, you know, they need their squad to sort of step up, don't they? Which is in, which was which periods. is a good point because Mane playing front and centre of the three, and that front three of uh, Firmino, Salah, and Mane has been so crucial and important for Liverpool that uh, to to miss one of them, you sometimes think, okay, obviously if they got the, the, the two were out, you know, you you would be quite worried. But Origi stepping up and even scoring as well. What did you rate? Of, what did you think of Mane's back here? Impetuous or impetuous? <laughs> impetuous. <laughs> Come on, get in. Yeah. Yeah. So good that yeah. you, you invented a word for it. Yeah, um, it, I think the commentator called it um, impudent. Yeah, an impudent finish. Yeah, when he means impetuous. Do you, yeah, exactly. It's, That's a, what he clearly, it's a perfectly cromulent word. Clearly, what he meant. He he used the ground well. I think the commentator said on Meza Erzul's goal. Was it Alan Smith? Maybe somebody said on Meza Erzul's goal as because he kind of hit it into the ground. Oh, he always does that. Yes, that's what he said. He said, oh, Mesut Ozil you know, always hits it into the ground. Although it's one of those finishes where he thought that was a little bit fortuitous. No, yeah. but he does it all the time. So it's, yeah. I mean, obviously the goalkeeper got a hand to it, but it's... But if it's a volley, know. I understand that. 
but it, well, it was... Let's talk about Mane. Let's talk about yeah. Mane. Well, he it, used the ground very effectively. He did. He did. Well, most players do all the time. They mm. do. Cesc Fabregas with that cushioned sort of squidged the ball against the turf and flipped it out. That was fun. That was it? wonderful. We talked about that one on the continent. Um, but, but Mane, but Mane yes. I, I want to know if it was the furthest out backhilled goal ever seen. Mm. Because normally backhill goals don't tend to be that far out for obvious reasons. And that one looked like it was about 12 yards it was, out. It was right on the penalty spot, wasn't it? Or just next to the penalty spot. So that obviously gives you some indication. But that's a, that's a fair question. Um, I'm pretty sure I can... No, I can't remember another one. Actually. You, the way you forward right. your brow there, I thought we are going to get... Um, yeah. We are going to be subjected to a speller, a speller bomb here. Well, yeah, it's like, like you were rummaging through the little drunk, junk drawer of your... Of your mind, yeah, where my, all the weird stats go. In my mind's eye, I can sort of picture one that was further out, but I have no idea when, where, who, why and what. I think you just made it up. I think you made it up. But, you know, to go back to something one of you guys said, I mean, Liverpool had drawn three of their last four league games before this. And, and so it is legitimate to say that they were you know, having a little bit of a wobble under the pressure. Uh, they dropped down to second for a bit, didn't they? Obviously, they're now back, back on top. It's a comprehensive win for them. Big Verge. Big Ver- oh, Verge on the ridiculous with a hat-trick. He absolutely uh, loves it, So he got he? two. He's, he's great, Virgil van Dijk. So good at both ends of the pitch. Mm. It, it reminded me of that last-minute goal he got for the Netherlands, which topped the group yeah. in, in the UEFA Nations League. He's you know, so dangerous on set He pitches. is. And also, as well, he reminds me just the leadership qualities that he has and the presence that he clearly has in that dressing room and, and generally at the club. He reminds me, actually, a, a little bit of Vincent Kompany. Well, you know how like you can see, even though company's not in the team as much as he mm-hmm. used to be for injury and various other reasons, he's like the main man around there. And you can see Van Dijk has come straight in and that's what the, that's what he is at Liverpool. Well, yeah. he was so and that's cr- a difficult thing, isn't mm. it? To come into an established team. The force of personality that mm. big, yeah. Well, I think that the price tag you know, backed that up and they were crying out for him for so long. Mm. Obviously, it was, a, it was a transfer saga, I think we would it call was. it, that went on and on and on. But Liverpool needed that top quality centre-half for, for a little bit of time and then when he came in, I think <laughs> I think everybody from the goalkeeper to the centre-fours are like, thank you. you just yeah. take what you want. The must, keys there are there goes Virgil. I must remember to thank him. <laughs> yeah. but you know, and, and if you, I know it's easier said than done and we've already mentioned that Watford have a difficult record at Anfield. But Virgil van Dijk's two goals and Mane's two goals and and um, obviously a really scored as you mentioned but all five of those goals were assisted by the fullbacks mm. oh man and, and, and obviously they are great fullbacks their delivery's good their, their work rate and everything is fantastic but I mean I was a bit disappointed with Watford maybe you could argue the game had gone by this point but like they're not stopping any crosses. They're not stopping anything. Mm. Stop the crosses coming in. Mm. Stop it at source. You know, if you have, if, do whatever you can to stop them. Because one they, was at a set piece, though. It's true. You can't do anything about that. <laughs> there were four others, though. Yeah. They need a bigger wall. They do. Yeah, they do. Do you, do you think at that point? Because Watford seemed like a disciplined team that were obviously very good and are having a good season. Do you think at that point, because they've had such you know Dickens off of uh, Liverpool before, it's just a mentality thing at that point. Well, maybe, maybe they're in their heads a little bit. Anfield's such a fortress these days. You know, it has been for a little while under Klopp. I mean, yeah, th- th- these things can happen. I mean, with regards to the crosses, Luke, you know, one of them came from a set piece. One of them was sort of fairly late on. The first goal from uh, from Mane on the header. I mean, that's early on in the game, and it's a beauty of a cross. But there were other crosses that didn't result in goals, which were dangerous. Well, okay, that's fair my enough. point. But I mean, they're not going to score from every cross, so it's not going to happen. True enough. But but for the fullbacks give Liverpool so much, don't yeah. they? I mean, Alexander Arnold, what a delivery he's got. He can hit a dead ball. He can he can whip the crosses. I mean, it was Beckham esque that mm. first one for crying out loud. Mm. It gives them so much out wide and in, 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 in attacking areas, and then the energy they have, the young players, absolutely, as well. and, and as well, Andy Robertson, you know, he's yes. such a force down down the left side, and for them to for them to effectively have that on both sides of the pitch mm. is is such a weapon. 
It just it just yeah. presses you back so so much. It does. It's a remarkable signing, Andy Robertson from Hull, wasn't he? Yeah. Mm. The picture about you know I can't remember the cost. People were talking about his potential for a while though, and yeah. and, and they uh, were, but, I don't but know no one went thought, and got him. I don't know. I don't know if they thought he could be quite as good as he has been. Yeah. Yeah, but he's been fantastic. Liverpool six to four, second favourites to win the league this season. Oh, there it is. Ten pound with bet three six five returns twenty five pounds, including stake. Man City, of course, currently still favourite. Why are you talking about Liverpool winning the league? They've just forgotten it. They're enjoying the football. Yeah. They're hammering teams again. Oh, by the way, you're still going for the I'm league. Dragging them back to reality. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a real contrast, isn't it, with City sort of scraping a one nil. Yeah, which actually is a it should be said is a is a massive win given that they played for so long on Sunday mm-hmm. um, to, to, to go and scrape that when not necessarily playing at their yeah, you best. You've got to do it. You've well, got to get it. And they have done it. Andy Carroll though with that chance oh, could have done God, his old yeah. team a favour. Yeah, but Edison was in the way. Uh, in, a, in a weird way, though, if you if you want, if you're talking about the title and whatnot, and by the time the game comes around, we'll be into March, of course. Can we call March business end or is it April? Uh, it depends, I suppose, how it goes. Sometimes in the Premier League, it's done and dusted. I mean, what mm. did Man City win it by last year? Nineteen points or something. <laughs> I mean, yeah. so there wasn't even a business end. <laughs> no, then. Yeah, so well, it I think depends. we'll be looking at May. Yeah, the business you end reckon? was November. Yeah, I think it's going to go really, really tight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> could do. Could well, do. It's, it, in a weird way, I think it's quite good for Liverpool. Good win under yeah. the belts, and then the derby comes along because you're always up for a derby you're, you're thinking or you should, perhaps should be thinking about that sole game alone not not uh, beyond that uh, but Everton a good win 3-0 away to Cardiff Sigerson came up with a good it's once fa- again it's famously why Derby County find it tough to get back up into the Premier League because every game is a derby game is that right yeah, and it's, yeah. Just, it's just difficult for them yeah. okay yeah. okay Marcus what were you saying <laughs> Marco Silva needed that, <laughs> not the gag. Uh, the, the three points, uh, very much so. Yeah. Although Neil Warnock didn't think three 0 was a fair reflection on the game. He what said, did he say, Marcus? He said, "I didn't think it was that bad, to be honest. It was just individual errors, and it took someone who cost fifty million to punish us." Poor old Gilfie was only forty million up front. Done <laughs> <laughs> him a disservice there. Possibly five million add-ons. Yeah. Forty million up front. Well, and, Calvert, any Calvert Lewin scored. Yeah. Yeah. Also, he still did it. <laughs> I tell you what, that was an underrated assist. Was it Idrissa uh, Gay who played the ball through for Calvert Lewin? It was a, a fantastic through ball. Who, who ran with the pace of a man twice his age. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Sigurdsson is now the high-scoring Icelandic footballer in Premier League history. Oh, Idigar Johnson must have been before. Overtaken him by two. He's now 57 to Ida's 55. He's not even a striker either, so not bad. He's been it's, around for a while, though, hasn't he, to be fair to him? Yeah. He has, yeah. He has. He has, yeah. He's, that's crept, That's surprising, though, isn't it? I know that, that has crept up. Yeah, but he scores quite a lot of goals here and there, Sigurdsson. One for the fantasy team, I feel. One for the mm. fantasy. Good. I think he might have, have 11 Premier League goals this season, which yeah, isn't too would, bad at all. Yeah, I would have thought he'd be in double figures, yeah. So Everton, though, but it's a good win for them. But again, it's so Jekyll and Hyde, we don't know what to expect. Silva can set teams up quite well against the better sides, but Liverpool can't. Mm. I don't think he does set teams up. I'm not going to go through this again because I get pelters from listeners. But I don't <laughs> think he does set the teams up well against better sides. But, I mean, there's absolute... I mean, there's an absolute chance that he could finish seventh this season, and really... or, or t- thirteenth. Exactly, but if he does come seventh, I mean, the six teams that would be above. Oh, you take that, yeah. definitely. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's, yeah. A, there's a there's a there's a race for seventh yeah, that we've is. talked about at the moment. Leicester, Watford, Everton, West Ham, Wolves. They're the ones. Well, Wolves, of course. Yeah, two of those sides, Luke Moore. You've just mentioned are playing each other. Watford are playing Leicester City. Brendan Rodgers is back in the Premier League. Hockey. Mm. You happy about that? Very happy about that. Uh, we've missed him, haven't we, Jim? Yeah, I think so. The Celtic fans are sad to see him go. They've unveiled a banner that says, you traded immortality for mediocrity. 
Not, I, w- I wouldn't say sad is the right word. Yeah. I would say viciously angry and upset. Furious. Yeah, yeah. that's. Um, I, I, I sort of get it though because he was on course for a, a third treble in a row, which is amazing. Treble, he, treble, my favourite yeah. David Bowie song. <laughs> Indeed. Oh yeah, you laugh at that joke, didn't you? Like the last one. Well, because that one was better. Thank you. I'm building up. It's very you much wait, a meritocracy. About 40, when you get around there, it's about forty minutes in. They're going to be blinding. You should go on the stage with forty this. minutes. Is oh, you laughed at that one. What about that one? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, I. There we go. Um, I'm not. I'm not surprised Rogers left because you've got a, a decent squad. Some of whom have won the league for crying out loud in Leicester mm. City. It's the best it's Rogers good players good. recently in as well. Tiemann yes, is a good signing. He likes to to he can develop younger players and bring them on. And and they've got some good young ones. They there, do have they? some good young players. Now maybe Leicester said to him, you know, we need someone now. Because it's still just about February at the time of recording. Uh, and there's still, you know, two and a half, nearly three months of the season to go. Maybe they couldn't wait around to the end of the end of the season. I don't know. But, mm. uh, I mean, he was like a bat out of hell, quite frankly, yeah. Rogers, when he left. Bat out of paradise. But yes. once, once he had decided it, then he was off. And then, but, but, you know, remember when we talked about it on Monday? And I, listened, I was listening to the radio on the way on the way in, on the way home. And they were saying the same thing that we were saying, that we had heard, which is that there's no way he's going to leave before the mm. end of the season. Mm. So the options for Leicester are an interim, uh, until the end of the season and then Brendan Rodgers will come yeah. the next day everyone when we woke up it was like he completely changed his mind which of course yeah. he might have done mm. but as soon as he changed his mind he, he was obviously away and he wanted to get on with it I think it was the speed of things now maybe they'd been but do you think he's thought I'm not going to get realistically whatever I achieve here at Celtic I'm not going to get a top four job in the Premier League now well, yeah. and so the best chance I've got is to go for a team on that tier below mm-hmm. and almost try and turn them into a top yeah, six easily. team. And then and that's use the same it as a stepping stone, effectively. But, so if he, if that's the case, then you can argue that he's not he can't really do much better than Leicester. No, I think he's done I think he's done remarkably well to get the yeah. Leicester job. I, I mean, think what, what he, you know, he could have he's not going to go to Everton really. No. You wouldn't have thought. No. Uh, Wolves are very happy with, yeah. with their situation. Watford's a bit of a funny one, but again they're pretty happy with the Grassier yeah. at the moment. You look through those clubs. Mm. It's the it's the perfect profile for him. I think it is and, and, he's, and he's 46 as well. He's a very young he's, coach. He's, he's done indeed, a lot and also Rogers likes to play a more attractive style of football. Leicester City have been bored under Puel of, of his, his style, rightly or wrongly. We've talked about that before, but clearly the fans are just thinking, we know we're not going to win the league, we know we're not going to get the Champions League, but we wouldn't mind to enjoy our football. Well, Robert Hoof gave a really interesting interview to the Leicester... What's the local paper there? Is it the Mercury? Leicester Mercury, maybe. And he, right. and he said that... Um, Claude Puel was almost working against the players rather than with them. The players were saying they didn't want to play in this way and it wasn't suiting them and all the rest of it. And he was also so uninspiring that it got it just got a little bit farcical. Hmm. Whereas Brendan is the opposite to that, right? He plays he, attacking, he attacking players. possession, best football. And he is a bit of an inspirational guy. And, and we were talking on the radio last week to Joby McEnough, who played under hmm. him at Reading and Watford and was saying that you know, he is a great guy for for getting amongst it and getting everyone into it, and 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 you can sort of see that. I know he's oh, got definitely. I know he's got a reputation as a bit of a David Brent character, and we'd take the piss out of him and stuff. Mm. But you can sort of understand why footballers would like him because he's approachable, he's friendly, he seems to be a little bit a little bit intellectual, but not too intellectual. That he's going to isolate people. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Like definitely. that kind of thing. No, I completely agree. I think wherever you go, wherever he's managed, the general feel is that people like him mm. quite a lot and must remember to thank him. And, <laughs> Yeah. yeah, no, but he, he clearly galvanises <laughs> groups of players, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. And, and knows the league obviously very, very well. Yeah. I, I think that 
I th- I think Rodgers and Leicester's a great fit. Yeah. I really do, and I understand why the Celtic fans are angry because this is a guy who's brought some fantastic times mm. to Celtic Park, mm. uh, and and it's not. Been, I know Celtic, you know, they have won the league how many times in a row now, and they win trophies, but it's it's not always this good. Mm. So I understand, and I think it's the speed in which it happened. It seemed to be Rodgers yeah. thought, no, no, I'm happy. Are you really offering me the job? Okay, I'll take it. Yeah. But I think I think if he had perhaps made an arrangement, I know this wouldn't have been possible in the circumstances, but from the Celtic fans' point of view, perhaps if he had said, "Do you know what? This is going to be my last season. Yeah. I'm going to, um, I'm going to leave in the summer, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm going to, I've, I've got a deal somewhere else. I've enjoyed my time here. I'm going to go, mm-hmm. um, and um, and did it that way. Perhaps yeah. they would have time to get used to it, and they'd give him a send off for the good work he's done because they know he's not going to stay there forever. The problem is Brendan Rodgers hasn't helped himself because mm. three or four months ago he was saying. Oh, I want to win ten in a row up here. Yeah. That's my big thing. And and if you say that kind of stuff and yeah. don't mean it or don't follow through on it, you can understand fans getting annoyed. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe he's a bit unhappy about some of the stench at uh, Celtic Park because it wasn't that long ago Celtic had to write to fans reminding them to wash after complaints about smelly supporters ruining games. Is that? I mean, that's a national newspaper. Yeah. What newspaper? You know, that was in the Mirror. Wow. wow, you are going yeah. to. I mean, it is at Marcus Speller on Twitter. You yeah. know, the, the club received a letter complaining that the, 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 one or two supporters, it was overpowering smell, and, and Brendan probably doesn't want to be a part of that. Where's that come from? <laughs> from a national newspaper, to be fair to him, don't at me. Imagine yeah. what Celtic fans are going to think when they hear a Rangers fan saying that. <laughs> I can't believe you brought that to the table. What have I done? People don't expect that from you. They expect it from Pete or me or at a push gym. Well, Pete's yeah. not here, so someone's got to fill in. Yeah, wow. fair enough. At, at, you know, on using that sort of Twitter beef segue, I have a feeling <laughs> that um, Brendan Rodgers actually has his eye on the Chelsea job. Um, overall, because he was a coach there, obviously, and you hear his yes. name linked, sort of as a bit of an outside Leicester one. playing blue, occasionally Leicester <laughs> playing blue. Mm-hmm. But you know, supposedly Bramovich wants att- attacking football. So you saying he's going to turn up at Cobham on Monday? He might, yeah, he might. Do. <laughs> Bye, everyone, he's so no. inspirational. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At the end of the season, Leicester finished quite well. Leicester, I'll go down a bit. Yeah, <laughs> well, I go down the way home. I was chatting to a Chelsea fan on on Twitter this week, as you might expect, and he was saying that <laughs> yeah. um, that one of the reasons he feels they might stick with Sarri is that um, because when Sarri ball is eventually in, uh, integrated, if, if it happens, that's sort of the last prize for Abramovich is that mm-hmm. attacking football. And if, if Rodgers can get his reputation up to a point where, you know, he'd be considered for a job like that, he would certainly bring it. So I think that might be his long-term plan. I think that's a fair, that's a fair um, point, Jim. Just before we move on, Leicester are 2-1 to one with Bet365 to start off the Brendy Rodgers era with a win against Watford. £10 returns £30, including stake. Yeah, well, Rodgers' mere presence was enough to ensure Leicester won their first Premier League game since New Year's Day against Brighton, of course, this week. So, uh, the, you know, perhaps the good times at uh, Leicester City are... Brighton have are got uh, one point in 18 away from home recently. Mm, very, very poor. They have been a bit poor. All right, ladies and gentlemen, now it's time for emails with Jimmy C. Say I'm the only You've got mail. Hello. Hello, Jim. <laughs> Emails. Emails with Thanks Jimmy Me. Pop- Thanks for popping back. It's all right. Um, I'm going to dive straight in. So, Jim, you started this, before we came in, you said, look, I've got so many good emails this week, I could yeah. feasibly do nine or ten. Yeah. I mean, don't do nine or ten. No, I won't. But we're expecting a very high standard yeah, here. Yeah, we've established listeners. that one of those was deeply libelous. Oh, that's true, actually, yeah. So we've done the seven, <laughs> eight or nine, eight, eight or nine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, 
Hi, guys. Just had to respond to Zach's query about whether eating pie and chips in your seat was acceptable. From his story, it appears to have taken Zach a minimum of 45 minutes to eat around half of his chips. Either the portions served at Stamford Bridge are enormous, or Zach took an unacceptable amount of time to daintily nibble his way through half a portion of chips. If it's the latter, then I'd say the complaints about his behaviour are fully justified. No. That's from uh, Callum Dinan. And I, I don't know that it is. I think, you know... A man's free to eat his chips at whatever rate he pleases, right? Yeah, I think so. It's not like a sort of Michelin star restaurant situation where you get yeah. the table for like two hours and that's yeah. it. Unless, um, unless these chips like really reek. Chips yeah. aren't that bad, are they? I don't know. Uh, Who yeah, knows? It depends what. I mean, I guess it probably depends on what oil they're cooked in. I mean, if you want any chip information, come mm. to me. Perhaps, <laughs> perhaps it's the same oil they use at Celtic Park. Jim does live. <laughs> don't open that can of again. He's already he's already made his last ever podcast. So. <laughs> Jim uh, does live above a chip shop. I That's do. two actually. And twice a day, I can assure you, that is horrific. So, <laughs> okay. so you've got a bit of sympathy there. Bit of sympathy yourself okay. when you pop down for lunch and dinner. Yeah, quite. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, um, I'm gonna gonna. We got this pie thing is running and running, and I think we might have hit the apex of it here. <laughs> Hi, lads. I've been listening with interest to the recent debates around pies at the football and the associated etiquette for consumption. Your man at Chelsea, who was put off by the smell, is clearly for the watching. As Scotland's number one football pie aficionado, with over 160 reviewed to date, www.meatfieldpastries.com. Wow. Uh, and competition judge, but I have. And sell the world. For the World Scotch Pie Championships, I thought I would share my three key match day pie tips. We've got a, Bloody a, a hell. close to a pro as you can get this here. This is good. Pies should be eaten before the game, allowing for you to eat without missing any of the on-field action or be tempted to dive to the pie hut early to Mr. Q's and then getting caught up in said queue anyway, resulting in the missing of some of the second half. That's a agree confusing with that. sentence, but I completely agree with it. Tomato sauce on a pie, unless it's on a macaroni pie, a fine Scottish treat, is deviant behaviour. Yeah, Again, I agree. agree. I agree. Pies okay. with a gravy base should have no sauce on them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Use of cutlery is punishable by rightful mockery and pointing. It should also be noted that the consumption of burgers, chips, hot dogs, popcorn, or any other food stuff at the, at the game of the football is not approved by myself or anyone at Meatfield Pastries Towers. I'm not sure about that, uh, but you know, to each their own. But I you can understand this... he's a purist. Yeah, yeah, well, absolutely, yeah. he's a yeah. pie purist. Yeah, yeah. I hope this helps clear things up. Yours forever in pie, Chris Marshall. So I mean, he's a pyrist. He... <laughs> <laughs> I think that is very much the the, the, the definitive word on that. Now, um, yeah, I, I think that's. Uh, I think we can close that, can't we? Yeah, I think so. Unless someone we'll wants see, to open it, well, I mean, the we thing, might the, we might get the other guy who was angry about the chips. Yeah. I don't know if I agree. Re the gravy based pie and sauce thing. No, Marcus doesn't oh. like condiments anyway. So Marcus, if you don't mind yeah, me saying, you're, you're out, out of this out conversation because you don't no, eat condiments anyway. No, no I, I'm, I've given my opinion and now I'm out of the conversation. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> but if the point being that if I said any food stuff and condiments, you would say no. That's not true because I, I would think of others. Whereas okay. I think such that as. You, I think I think well, having. No, I'm just I'm just asking so, for so example. Like, like tomato ketchup on chips, for example, I wouldn't right. do that. But I can understand people doing that. Yeah, but I I, I want to get to the bottom of this because if if you have, <laughs> tell me, I'm just asking you, Jim. If you had mm. like a steak and ale pie, or yeah. so like a plain steak pie, surely HP goes a treat with that, doesn't it? Not with the pie. No, with yeah. the with the. If I had chips with it, absolutely the chips would have sauce, but the, the pie itself, no, and I yeah. would use the gravy from the pie as, the as a sort of yeah. you know, auxiliary right. sauce. Fair enough. Well, listen, show up at thefootballramble.com if you want to put your own sort of yeah. 10 pence worth in there. Good luck trying to get more information about pies than the pyrist man from yeah. meatfieldpastries.com. I, I, but, yeah. I, I expect hear, we'll be hearing from Chris again. I want to hear more about Jim's auxiliary sauces. Yeah, but I'm not sure that's after. the right word. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed it. Yeah. Carry on, Jim. Um, so, hi, got a strange one here. I just had to include. Hi, guys. Bit of a silly question. Question, a 
and it really is. But something that I've pondered quite seriously for years, my question is, what would football be like if humans had a ball and socket joint at the knee as opposed to a hinge joint? In yeah, my head... I'm, I'm doing my shoulder thing already, yeah. In my head, I'm thinking that the speed of stepovers and ways of manipulating the ball for set pieces would be quite incredible. We'd love to hear your thoughts like from Mason Blake. I mean, I yeah, mean, I'll tell I, I you think what. you pretty much nailed it there, Mason. <laughs> I think Garincha did, didn't he? Yeah, maybe. I guess uh, that's the closest you'd get to sort of an example of what that would be like. Yeah, it would be. Oh, yeah. It would be. A, it would be funny viewing. I mean, I feel. I feel like. <laughs> so with your shoulder, so I can manipulate my shoulder. So would you better manipulate your? Did you set the knee joint? Yeah. So would you better manipulate your foot so your foot could face backwards? Yeah, effectively, you'd be able to move your leg in the same way that you move it's a whole your new ball game. Arm. It's yeah, a whole I, new ball I game. Mean, a whole new ball and socket game. Can we hear very from? Different. If we could hear from any sort of. Um, Evolutionary biologist, yep. some sort of like um, joint surgeon, yeah, joint specialist, anything like that. Not that one, students. No. <laughs> <laughs> then, um, then that'll be great. Show at the football That's that's got to be that's got to be the next port of call. Yeah, we've yeah. got, got another one from Andrew Murray. Not that one, I'll assume. Um, final one. Settle an argument for us. We were watching Newcastle and lovely Shane Longstaff beat bald but still ginger Sean Dyche's Burnley the other night when Longstaff got booked. I hilariously joked that as he's only been in the first team for five minutes, he might not be able to afford the FA fine for the yellow card. My mate then told me it's only £7 for a booking, even in the Premier League, as the rate doesn't change as you go up the leagues from Sunday morning grassroots. Surely the Premier League dole out larger fines than £7 per booking. Otherwise, what's the point? My mate was adamant that this is the case and I couldn't be bothered to find out to, uh, anything to prove him wrong. So over to you. That's from Andrew Murray. Now I looked into this a little bit. It's ten pounds. All I could find was yeah something that said ten pounds. So <laughs> if anyone has, it, it's a surprisingly difficult thing to dig up information on. If anyone can confirm that, either way, it, it appears actually that your mate is right. I, w- I was led to believe that they all up to the very top of the football pyramid, you have to pay the fine, and I guess it just comes like the wages. Mm. Ten it's, it's quite weird. It's weirdly sort of like quaint, isn't it? It is. It's thirty pound for a red, I think, and ten pound for a yellow. And it used to be seven pound when I was playing Sunday. I had a couple of zeros on that. It's Premier League. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that the club can't find the player. I don't know. If there's a yeah. p- arrangement in place. That's the FA straight, f- straight sort of standard. That's quite funny, football, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. They can't make means I, test. That's Sergio Aguero's on how many hundred thousand a week? Oh, yeah, you, you tenner for that yellow card. <laughs> if I have twenty, that's fine. Yeah, that's strange. I mean, maybe it goes up if they forget to pay. It's like a library fine or something. Quite possibly. Um, but yeah, show at the football ramble uh, dot com if you want to get in touch with yeah. more. Emails. Very high quality this week, Jim. I have to congratulate you on mm, that, mate. Well, well congratulate the, the listeners. Exactly, exactly. After the break, it's uh, the North London Derby. See you in a moment. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You know, I can't wait to get out of them, if I'm honest. I think we'll be far better. Welcome back, everybody, to the Football Ramble Preview Show. Tottenham against Arsenal. Now, old Spurs, after their loss against Chelsea. Spurs, you'd have to say, probably looking down the table now, trying to hold on to third spot rather than looking to catch the two in front of them. And it, it, it does seem that the feeling is now it's gone. Yeah, what a different of... two results, mate. I mean, two defeats in a row. Absolutely. Difficult game this weekend. 
Yeah, I have to agree with you. I think that's right. I think um, they were, they were, as we said before, as I as I mixed my metaphors terribly last week, as pointed out by a listener, they've been going to the well so often that you know you think it's it's they've come up just short, and, and not that you wouldn't expect that. I mean, if they were to finish third this season, of course, if 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 Arsenal beat them this weekend, Arsenal would only be a point behind them. But if they were to finish uh, third this season, that would still be an amazing achievement. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Uh, they yeah. they look tired, don't they? I, I feel like just the the. The small squad is catching up with them now. Yeah, and Chelsea away is a difficult fixture. Yeah, I know. And Chelsea, also, Chelsea have so much to prove at the moment. Exactly, and they yeah. were fantastic. It has to be said. They Chelsea. were, and I think for Spurs, it's, it's terribly disappointing. Well, we were talking last week that if they they won and whatnot, they'd have been two points behind City, three points of Liverpool. Now it's eight and nine points yes. off, off, off those two. Yeah. Uh, but should first should Spurs <laughs> feel disappointed with with where they are at this stage of the season, considering the injuries and all the stadium business and all the rest of it? No, I don't think they should. I think I think they've done. I mean, if they come to. I mean, top four for them is great. Given yeah. everything that's gone on off the field, they need to establish themselves as a regular top four team, and they're absolutely doing exactly. That. And um, obviously, obviously, only one team can win it, and Liverpool are posted. I think Liverpool have already got more points this season mm. than they got in total in about fifteen of their last twenty Premier yeah. League I mean, seasons. Liverpool so, and Man City are performing at such it, a high level, absolutely. And I do think Spurs are in, in in the games where they come up short, like these last two, they do look vulnerable in certain areas. I mean, when Christian Eriksen's not playing well. It shows. Harry Winks is a game guy, but he can't do it all on his own at the base of midfield with um, Sissoko next to him, who can be inconsistent, although he's been improved. Mm-hmm. Trippi, I think, had a really poor season, and his Oglow yesterday was, oh. was 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 possibly not his fault. We don't know, because if you look at the replay, he doesn't look up, mm. which says to me that he didn't get a shout from Lloris and expected Lloris still to be back there. So... Given that Lloris is, is is prone to an error, it might yeah. not just be Trippier's fault. Of course, it will go down on paper as a Trippier own goal, and everyone laughed at it and enjoyed the uh, World Cup goal commentary over the top of it, which is very <laughs> funny. But so, and and also Ben Davis is he good enough at this level now? Not sure. They've got problems at fullback, I think, mm. and they've got problems in terms of depth. But but everyone everyone knows that, and it's no disgrace if they were to come fourth or or higher. I think that's a good return, really. Yeah, exactly. I think I think also with Spurs that people there's always this chat about is Pochettino going to leave at some point. Now, let's just say if Pochettino did leave at the end of the season and Spurs managed to finish in, in the top four, surely they'll, the new stadium will be bloody ready for next season. Yeah, yeah. But you look at the squad, you look at the stadium, you, all the rest of it. Spurs are now you could argue one of the most attractive clubs in, in, yeah. in football. They'd get a good manager. That, exactly. It wouldn't and, be the case that like if Pochettino leaves, it all falls down. Oh, they're exactly. exceptionally well run. It's, I mean, yeah. I'll tell you, even in a doomsday scenario, which yeah. I think a lot of Spurs fans would consider Pochettino leaving a to Pochettino be. Pochettino no deal, let's call it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, then it would, I mean, it would be a huge job for anyone. I mean, I think, I genuinely think the challenge of delivering a, a Premier League title to a team that have gone without it for so long would attract the very best managers in the world. Mm. I, th- I, don't, I don't subscribe to the idea that they have to have already won 10 trophies for yeah. them to be... They would because the stadium's there, the, the, the club is so well run. The youth set great, great. It's amazing. The training ground's really good. So there's a lot of things to be positive about. I mean, we don't even know that he's going to leave. He'd be pretty... No, he'd no, of course won't. not. I was just... It's the, the hypothetical. The psychological... Of course. But the psychological point of it for someone like Pochettino, and I'm obviously outside looking in, I think after this whole journey he's been on, where he's had to make concessions because of the stadium, to not do at least a stadium in a season in yeah, that stadium, yeah. I think would be surprising. And actually, actually, I think you know that I spoke to a Spurs fan, um, friend of mine, a little while ago, who said he's pretty certain that he thinks Christian Eriksen, maybe one or two others, would leave in the summer. But I, I don't know. I wonder if the, the the stadium is a real pull in that sense. Well, Eriksen Eriksen's pretty much on record saying that his his he sees his career trajectory. 
he ends up at Real Madrid. Mm. I, I think the general understanding at Spurs is that he won't go anywhere else, but if Real Madrid coming from, he'll go there. But I think so that's, that's, that's the question. But, uh, that's know, probably any player. Real Madrid, Barcelona, to a lesser extent, Juventus. No, but he, he personally has said no, no, he, wants to, that he wants to These are the clubs, as I say, maybe to a lesser extent. Yeah, I mean, if these they're the, the only clubs that your exactly. players will leave for, you're in a good spot. And, and, and that's understandable. That's been the, the case for, you could argue, 20 years. Mm. One or two have come and gone. AC Milan, maybe, not, not so much now, mm. but they probably would have been 10, 15 years ago. You, you know, I think that, that it's a happy camp at Spurs. What they've built and what they've done there, they've given themselves the best of opportunities, you know. So who knows? Uh, but they are playing Arsenal, though, on, on the weekend. Arsenal, a great win at home against Bournemouth, 5-1. Yes. And as we already mentioned, Mesut Ozil he scored. Did. And he was also, excellent. He was excellent. And I, the thing I love about that goal is that Aubameyang was, was next to him and he could have squared it, but he unselfishly scored instead. Yeah. Who's probably the only player in the world you can say that about because <laughs> um, he loves his assist so much. He but does. It was, it was really good to see us all back in the team and, and firing and, and you know just looking confident and happy. And also Mkhitaryan as well. Um, you know he's um, he's been or he's seemingly been fairly underwhelming in in the time he's he's been at Arsenal. I think because because Alexis Sanchez has had such a difficult time at United and they were involved in the same deal. Like it's perhaps overlooked weirdly, but he's uh, he's got six goals and four assists in, in 17 appearances. Now, that doesn't tell the whole story because there's been some underwhelming appearances in there as well. And he's, he's had his injury problems this season. But it feels like this is the player we all thought Mkhitaryan was mm. when he came to England, starting to come out and starting to perform. And that is such a boost for Arsenal at the moment because they, they yeah. need the squad to be, to be you know, working to its limits. Yeah. I, I, I think, you know, the Ozil thing has been done to death to an extent, I suppose, but Ozil hasn't contributed a goal or an assist against what you would call a big team this season, I don't think. No. And well, he's been em- out of the team a long time. Of, of course, well. because Emery's trusted in those Emery doesn't trust it. Exactly. So it'll be, given that he's, he made, gave a good account of himself last night, I mean, what's your opinion on whether he'll play again on Saturday? I don't think he'll play against Spurs, Spurs or Man United. Yeah, um, oh, okay. because I th- I don't think um, Emery trusts him in those games. It's a strange situation, isn't it? So he now he's, he's, now he's, he's a squad player. Well, yeah, he's I, a squad yeah, player, yeah. But I, I wonder if... I imagine he'll be on the bench against Spurs, depending on how things go. Maybe he'll come on. I think I think Emery's trying to get a reaction out of him. And it, it, he kept saying before the game, the words he was using were energy and intensity. That's what he wanted, and that's very pointed. And you can see, you know, Emery kicks every ball on the side of the on the side of the pitch, doesn't he? And I, I think he's trying to sort of just G something out of Ozil to, 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 to say to him, look, I want you in these games, I want, but I want you to play as you do against Bournemouth at home, against Spurs away or against Man United and you have to work harder to do that and show me that you I, can. I, I just feel, call me old-fashioned, but I just feel like in a game against Bournemouth at home, you get so much of yeah, the ball. They're, they're terrible away as well. Yeah, exactly. And, and and I think Emery wants to see him run back towards his own goal as fast as he runs towards the other goal. Yeah. And, and he doesn't do that. And and, no. and so they can't afford the luxury of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Emery, Emery's, it's all well and good, Emery wanting him to do well, but Emery's job is to win games, right? So if, if, if he thinks he's going to get a better chance of winning a big game without us and the team, he can't pick yeah, absolutely. But with that in mind, obviously he's a very, very expensive asset, I suppose you would say. And if you are going to get to a point where, because it could be that he just, you know, argues with him a bit about him not working hard enough and he keeps playing him, it just keeps happening. I think that's been the problem, isn't it? Ozil's been indulged. So I think yeah. I think he's playing a long game with him oh, to try and just fix the problem definitively. I don't know if we mentioned this on the show on Monday, but Wenger's comments at the Laureus Global Sport event 
Um, I don't know if you guys saw this, but he. Um, I'm enjoying Wenger just kind of chipping off. Yeah, mm. he, he, so he gave he gave it. I mean, presumably it's an event, a, a, a meet where there's lots of different events, lots of different talks mm-hmm. in sport. But it's um, all under the banner of Wenger talks back. No, it isn't. No, no, no. It isn't. <laughs> he's he's actually now a co-host of AFTV. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, <laughs> that would be so Started the fledgling. No, he should Wenger not see in. the Wenger in hashtag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he should start his own channel, Big yeah, Veng yeah. TV or something. Anyway, on the, and on, slag off AFTV on yeah. this glorious Arson Fan TV. <laughs> Sorry, mate. That'd be good. <laughs> On this in this event, he's. I mean, you can look it up. You'll be able to see it. He talks about it he, he, very earnestly. So, as far as I can work out, says oh, you know the problem is you give a player like Urzu a five year contract and he gets in the comfort yeah. zone. It's like mm. you gave him the contract. Well, actually, I have to say I've heard through various back channels that he was never comfortable with that. Right. And okay. It, thought it would sort of upset the squad harmony and also create a problem in the future where you're you know there's FFP rules and you you, you know your your wages bill is stacked so heavily mm-hmm. in one direction that apparently the situation at the club was was a bit of a difficult one because you know it seemed like players were big players were leaving left right and center and they needed to keep one it reminds me a little bit of when Theo Walcott got a big contract a few right, years ago okay. in a similar situation and apparently Wenger was uh, was not quite as uh, into the idea Anyway, go we got interesting stuff, Jim. Spurs are evens to win this game on Saturday lunchtime with Bet365. £10 returns a double your money, £20, including stake. There we are. All right, there's a West London derby happening as well. Fulham host Chelsea. Chelsea will be buoyed, of course, after that win against Spurs. Kepa dropped to the bench. Mm. Naughty, naughty. The most miraculous thing to have happened this week is that Mauricio Sarri's had a good week. He has. Yeah, yeah they he gave has. a good. He gave, a, he gave um, a good account of himself the way he handled this Kepa thing. Yeah, he did culminating in well a post match. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. As he handled the actual issue, yeah. culminating in him dropping him to the bench was the right thing to do. Uh, stamping his authority back on on the squad and um, got a good win against Spurs. Mm. I mean, it's, and it's nice to see Big Willie in goal. Big yeah, Willie style. And also, yeah. he didn't really have a lot to do. So, no. do you think that means he keeps his place? <laughs> well, I think that's the thing. It's the goal. No, it's sorry, a, sorry, Ted. Did he not? That, but it's a serious question, though, because it is a serious. A goalkeeper question. gets a chance and does well. Yes, they can tend to stay in. I understand, but sorry, said didn't he that it give Willie just... Gentleman a run? <laughs> I always do. That's his name in, in English, <laughs> Willie Gentleman. Yeah, or, or Willie Knight. Yeah, okay. you know, as in uh, Lithuanian knighthood. <laughs> Yeah, don't. Come on. Such an in-joke. Come man. on. Yeah. Uh, but yes, uh, uh, Kepa, um, he was dropped, so uh, up yours, Kepa. But he'll be back for Fulham, <laughs> I would imagine, and probably won't have much to do. I don't need to play a goalkeeper against Fulham. <laughs> no. So that. maybe he'll drop both of them. Have a bit of respect. You, I think you could, you could just like, you could just let them through on goal yeah. and they'd all just faint. Marcus. With confusion. Right, I'll, have a, I'll have a bit of respect for Fulham when they have a bit of respect for themselves. Oh yeah, all Fulham right? did score a goal against Arsenal in that 5-1 loss. Oh, 10 mate. points adrift. Hey. In fact, they, they scored in both games against Arsenal. To so put the joke pers- is very much on Arsenal. come to that. <laughs> <laughs> to, to, to put it in perspective, right, Stoke and West Brom, and this is a little fact about Huddersfield, West um, Brom was scoring a lot. Stoke and West Brom mm. were relegated last season yeah. and they both lost 19 games. Huddersfield have already lost 20 uh, and Fulham oh. have lost 19. So it's no chance. win for Huddersfield though this week. Yeah. Nice it's just to nice see. to see them happy. Yeah. Nice to see them happy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Chelsea, uh, I mean, they're sixth with the game in hand on, on Man United uh, who are fifth and, and Arsenal are fourth. So you'd imagine that uh, that Chelsea would get three points. Because Fulham, a terrible result against Southampton losing mm. two now. It will take such a huge effort for them to stay up now. They're down. 
yeah, they're down. They're doomed. Oh, well, we've been saying this for a while. They're 10, ten points, points drift with 10, ten points of safety, eight defeats in nine. They've conceded 63 goals <laughs> in, in 28 <laughs> league matches. Easily the worst in the league. They've, and, and they have Chelsea next, obviously. Liverpool and Man City are, are soon as well. Uh, the Fulham fans, they showed their displeasure at Ranier in the board throughout the match yeah. and at the final. There's talk of him having chats about his future at the moment. I mean, if, you've, if you've angered Fulham fans, it must be quite severe, you know? And yeah. I, to be honest with Ranieri, I... I, I don't know what to think and who to feel for here. Ranieri has come in. It's an absolute shit show. Yeah. And he's tried and he's saying, come on, let's get up for it. And it's just not worth well, it's, it's a weird appointment, isn't it? Because I think, you know, Fulham's problems are very, very clear that their defence was, was ridiculous and that the, the new players weren't gelling to give them the attacking thrust that they need. But I think with Ranieri, I mean, what style of manager is he really? He mm. does a little bit of everything, but also a little bit of nothing yeah. effectively. And it's just, it's, I don't think it's, it had a clear enough direction. I know what you mean. I think I think at least under Jukanovic, the team in an attacking sense, even though they'd faded away, but they 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 knew a little bit what to do. They were just ridiculously bad at the back. Uh, but at least you know the, the, the players knew him. And you, whereas you, they sacked him, and they seemed to uh, not have a plan. It reminded me of when Martin Yole had the job many years ago, when they were last in the Premier League, I think, and they they. They survived one year because they'd racked up a load of points. But Yol was when Mullenstein got involved. Yes, exactly. Yeah, when they okay. just started throwing so much mm. crap at the wall and yeah. none of it stuck. Um, and that to me is this: like, do you now sack Ranieri and get someone else in? It's not. It doesn't matter. You could. You could. There's you, no point. Yeah. yeah. But, but um, a couple of points for me. One is it just me or has Sergio Rico been really poor in mm. goal? I mean, why are they not playing Bettinelli? Who's been? He's injured. Oh, is he? Is he? Is he still injured I, now? I think he's out for the season. Right. Okay. That he has his injuries, yeah. but I, but I do take the point because I think earlier on in the season, Bettinelli was reduced to the, or put on the bench, which yeah. surprised me because I think I mean maybe he had a a, a little bit of a different fall, but Bettinelli's a decent keeper. You know, he's rated. Yeah, I think he's good. Yeah. Yeah, I think he might. Be, he got an England call up last he did. year as well. And, and and the second point, Marcus, is just that I feel like looking at that team, given the situation they're in, and they've just come up into the Premier League mm. and they've signed a lot of players. To me, what's happening and what's happened with them recently screams to me loud and clear. All those players they've signed have got clauses. So the lo- the lone players are obviously going to go back and give yeah. a shit. The ones who've signed permanently, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guarantee you they've got clauses. So they just don't care. They're going to go. Yeah, the, oddly... Because the, well, they're not playing like they give a shit. No, oddly one of them who, who actually has been trying to do something and has scored once or scored against West Ham is Ryan Barbell looks like he's yeah. got a little bit about him but maybe, I mean, maybe trying to prove something he's in the shop window right true that, that, that's it but but really the signings have just not worked out and it's a shame because some of them like like Seri was an amazing signing but it's linked with Barcelona like a year before yeah exactly yeah. but I it, it shows you how spending an awful lot of money in, in going up in the Premier League you have to have a little bit more about it and, and you question the recruitment policy you question an awful lot of stuff Uh but it's a shame. Anyway, for, Fulham for are five to one to win this derby game. Ten pound with bet three six five returns. Sixty pound, including stake, should they secure an unlikely win. You never know. I think I do know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right then. What's our best bet with bet three six five? Our best bet with bet three six five is another man called Chris, and I didn't take the note of his second name. Sorry about that, Chris. But you are in the hot seat. He says, "Hi, sh- uh, terrific show, lads. Thanks. I won't bore you with an unwitty narrative. Uh, we just have forty minutes of unwitty narrative, so you can probably do without that. <laughs> Short and simple. My best bet is over three and a half goals in Spurs against Arsenal. Thank you, Chris." 
Over three and a half goals in Spurs v Arsenal is 13 to 8. So £50 returns £131.25, including stake, with all proceeds going to Prostate Cancer UK. Um, you must be over the age of 18 to gamble and do gamble responsibly. And for more information on that, go to gam- uh, begambleaware.org. Lovely, lovely. And now it's the moment everybody waits all week for. It's Luke's game. So the heat is on and the time is right. It's time for you, for you to play the game. Cause people are coming, everyone's trying, trying to be the best that they can. To reach for the sky where the stakes are so high, we're all going for going for gold. It is my game in the place of um Pete, uh, so you can have you, you had the going for gold theme tune anyway because there isn't. A, I don't. Pete, Pete wouldn't give me a, uh, a my own theme, so uh, so yeah. we stick with the going for gold one. Mm. Um, so for those of you first time listeners haven't heard it before, I give these guys names of players. They have to auction about how many of their clubs they've played for. They can name. Um, it's best of three. And uh, if you get one wrong, you lose the point. If you name the ones you say you're going to name, uh, you, you gain the point. It'll all become clear. <laughs> all right. So who won last time, Marcus? It was Marcus you. Did. Jim, you are a tremendously defensive player in this I game. I am. Uh, it's a tactic that's not working for you, nope. I'll be honest. Um, but it's up to you how you pursue. Mm-hmm. Marcus won last time, so that means Jim can go first this time. Yeah, I think the f- I might sack Ranieri. <laughs> the first, <laughs> the first, it's not a choose-your-own-adventure. The first, the first player I'm going to name, and he's played for seven clubs in total, is... Nick Barmby. Oh, Nick Barmby. Right, let me think. I can definitely do four. Play along at home if you're uh, if if you if you want to. Four. So, Marcus, your choice is to name five, or you can ask, or you can name six if you want. But you can, or you can name Jim to go ahead. Um, and I must remind you both: if you get the nod to name them, you have to name them one at a time, and I'll tell you if you're correct or not after each one. Yeah. Uh, I'll go five. Five, Jim. Would you like to go six or would you like to get Marcus to name them? I'm going to rehire Ranieri and okay. get Marcus to name them. Okay, so Marcus, you have to name five Nick Barmby clubs. The floor is yours. Yeah, see, I could name four and I'm a confident Jim can as well, so I'm gambling it. Okay, fair enough. It's an offensive tactic. Yeah. It's worked for you so far. Right. Tottenham Hotspur. Correct. It's where he started his career, 1992. Everton. Correct. Liverpool. Correct. Hull. Correct. Now this is where I'm struggling. Okay, so you've got three more to choose from. One of them you probably have no chance of getting. Yeah, okay. Um, Nick Barnes. So what have you known so far? You've known Spurs, Everton, Liverpool and Hull. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um... See, I'm, I'm picturing Barnby and I can see and I'm thinking oh, can it, was he in that kit was he in that kit they're all Spurs away kits aren't they I think <laughs> they are that purpley one they had yeah. for a bit the yellow one the yellow one as well it's not helping you is it no <laughs> <laughs> uh, well it, it, it's going to be a guess um, I think that he played on the south coast and I think did he, did he play for Portsmouth is that your final answer? Yes. Incorrect. Oh. So Jim gets the point. See, I'd forgotten Everton, but I was going to go Middlesbrough. Is that in there? Uh, Middlesbrough's in there, yeah. yeah. So you could have had Middlesbrough, uh, Leeds United. Oh, Leeds. Oh, of course. He played yeah. for Leeds. And he, and he spent a bit of time at Nottingham Forest on loan, which is why I said before we get that. Okay, that's one point to Jim. So Marcus, you're up first this time. The second player who's played for eight clubs in total is John Hartson. Gordon Bennett. John Hartson. Confident you can name a couple at least. Oh... Big Fat John. Um, it gets a great mention in Alex Ferguson's autobiography where Brian Kidd recommend, recommends he signs him. Is that right? And uh, Alex Ferguson, I think, says something like, you think he's a Man United player, do you? Go on. <laughs> <laughs> That's excellent. How many clubs can you name, Marcus? Four. Four? Four? 
big shout. Jim, you're going to go five or you're going to get Marcus to name them? I think the listeners want to hear you have a go. I am going to go five. Good man. Yeah, one of them, oh, I'm going to be... Marcus, six? Struggling with one of them. Can you go six? Can I go six? Um, big John Hartson. Big Johnny Hartson. See, he's one of those players that played in, in all over the place. Mm. Yeah. Um, if you listen at home, give it give it a bash. Yeah. Give it a bash. Don't use Google though, it's cheating. No. These guys have no internet resource available to them. God, this is frustrating. Do you want to go six? I'll get Jim to do the five. Jim, five. Hmm. Your floor is yours. One at a time, okay. please, and I'll tell you if you're right or not. Right. So I'm going to start with Arsenal. Correct. Obviously. That's one. Um, West Ham. Correct. That's two. Celtic. Correct. Three. Luton Town. Correct. Start his oh, career there. Well Four. played, Jim. Well played. One more on this. Well played. Is, you've earned the right. You've earned the right there. That's well played. No, this is where I'm not so sure. You've beaten the keeper. You just got to put it in the empty net. <laughs> you've rounded the keeper. I'm impressed with that. Yeah, but the thing is, my shoelace is the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be having you. I'm going to go. This is just a bit of a stab in the dark. Again, Middlesbrough? Incorrect, I'm afraid. Oh. That's a point to Marcus. It's one all, so his I'm, career I'm, was. I'm very relieved you didn't say Wimbledon there. Luton Town, Arsenal, oh. West Ham United, Wimbledon, Coventry City, Celtic, West Brom, and Norwich City for a bit on loan. Do you know what? When I said let's be having you, that wasn't a clue. <laughs> <laughs> you just said Norwich City on the back of that. Right, the final night. This is all to play for. All to yeah. play for. The decider. We must have a decider. The final player, he's played for seven teams, and it is, and who's first this time? Jim, I think. Mm -hmm. It's Rude Van Nistelrooy. A okay. good one. Yeah, I thought I think it's quite a good one. I'm surprised. I'm surprised to see that he played for seven. I'm surprised at that as well. Yeah. So Jim, what, opening opening the bid. One all. It's poised. Four, three. I can think of that are obvious. Yeah, I th that's fair enough. It's a good place to start. Well, it's interesting that his career went from 1993 all the way through to 2012. Mm. But you know what? I'm going to. So he played for six years after he left United. Yeah, that's right. Mm. People forget that, you know? They do forget that. Why would you be thinking that? It's oh, quite, I, it's quite I niche. No Jim, I'm going to have to push you for an opening right, bid, I'm going to go for four. four. Marcus, would you like to beat four? No, I wouldn't. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask Jim to. I'll tell you what, Jim. You're going you're gonna to have to name four, mate. So go mm -hmm. ahead. So PSV Eindhoven. Mm -hmm. Yep, correct. Man United. Correct. Real Madrid. Correct. Obviously, this is where it gets a bit trickier. I'm going to guess at Fenerbahce. Marcus Wynn. Oh, unlucky, pal. Unlucky. Yeah. Um, Den Bosch, he started his career at. Here in vain. PSV, Man United, Real Madrid, Hamburg. Uh, I, knew, I knew there was one yeah, in Germany. Yeah. I, was thinking, I was thinking it was Schalke. But I, I thought like, Schalke that, that was Raul. Well, yeah. and, and then he finished his career at Malaga. Oh, oh God, I have yes. met Malaga was one of the there we go, three or so guesses I had. Do you know what? Obviously Middlesbrough. Do you know what, Jim? Credit to you. I, I went defensive and you went attacking and it didn't work out for you. No, it did not. But Good well done, you, well done. Well done, go. There we go, that's the end of it. Lord. There we are, ladies and gentlemen, once again. It's uh, thank you so much to you, good listeners, for listening to the Football Ramble Preview Show, sponsored by Bet365. It's been an absolute pleasure. Have a lovely weekend. Say goodbye, Luke Moore. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Jimmy Campbell. Goodbye, Jimmy Campbell. Goodbye from me. This was a Radio Staccato production. Oi, oi, I'm Jimmy Bullard and this is me old muck of Fenners. We're back together, son. How are you? Hey, Bully. Great to be back working with you. What are we doing here, though? We're starting a football club in podcast form. The only thing we know, it's called FC Bullard. After that, it's all up for grabs. So... 
We haven't got any players. We haven't got a kit. We haven't got a club badge. We haven't got a stadium. Correct. FC Bullard. Welcome to the club. <laughs>